tale as old as time. Mr. Freeze was it, sublime. So, sorry, listeners. Nerdy, unqualified, and probably indistinguishable from rambling. Welcome to the AD show. Hello and welcome to the A&D Show. I'm David. I'm Austin. And we are so excited to be back with you again. It's been it's been a long couple of weeks and we are ready to chat with you once again about all of the nerdiest things in the whole world. And we've got quite a doozy of an episode for you guys. Um, but before we get there, I just thought I would say, uh, give a quick shout out. My Our friends over at Here's the Deal and a... a, a uh, another podcast that we're friends with their hosts. They are starting back up with their season two premiere, which has dropped today. So go on over there, take a listen to their show, leave them a review and let them know we sent you. They're great guys. They do a great, a great show and a great service to humanity. Very, very funny. Also, before we get into our episode, we, I just wanted to make a quick shout out. We do now have a website. Austin, did you know that we have a website? I was fully aware, yes. A-A-N-D-D-S-H-O-W.com. A-N-D-Show.com. Is our website where you can find all of our podcast episodes, all of our latest YouTube video links, and a, a couple of short little bios and some really cool visuals for you guys to check out over there. So go over to our website, take a listen to any of our content, uh, and and you know what? Just uh, Just show us some love. Show us some love. And on that note... Before we get into our podcast really deep, I would like to throw a quick word to our sponsors, one of which gave us that website. The A&D Show is brought to you by Wix.com. Austin, Wix is a supporter of our of our podcast. They have been for a few weeks now, and the thing that they specialize in is websites. Really? Obviously. Yeah, surprisingly. I know. Right? Who knew? Tell Wix, me more. Wix.com is actually... A really cool website. What they do is they specialize in hosting, uh, website hosting, and website development. What's cool about them is that you can actually host your dom- get your domain name, mm-hmm. host your website, and develop it with their online development tools really, uh, really easily and very cost-effectively. In fact, you can actually start your website for free. And what's even better is that you're getting a world-class, nice-looking website you get it for free. You can try it out as long as you want to, and then whenever you're ready to pay the pay the money to have it in your own domain name, all you gotta do is cough up like what is it like fifteen dollars a month or something like that for the base package. Hmm. Not a bad deal. Hey, do we have a website on Wix.com? <laughs> Didn't realize that this was gonna be a one of those like old fifties style soap commercials. We do have a website. Let's go down to the soda fountain. We do have a website. We actually, I actually built our website through Wix.com when they started sponsoring us. And let me tell you, actually, it was pretty cool because we developed the whole site. What I did was I went into their their actual catalog of uh, pre-developed, professionally created templates. I picked one that I thought was cool. I added it to my site and then I went through and I just dropped and dragged and dropped my content for our page in there. And literally inside of an hour, I had a fully functional, nice looking responsive website. For those of you that don't know, a responsive website means that it will automatically scale 
from mobile browsers on your phone or your tablets all the way up to your regular uh, desktop browsers on your laptops and your desktop PCs or MacBooks or Mac computers or whatever the difference is. You guys can suss that out for yourselves. But that being said, you can get started with your website today. Do you have a podcast? Do you have a store that you want to promote some products you want to sell? Or maybe you're just uh, a fledgling artist, or maybe you're somebody who's wanting to put yourself out to the public to be a a public speaker, to be an artist, to be a musician, to be a producer, anything that you want to do. If you need a website, Wix.com is your place to do it. You can start for free and it'll take you no time at all. It's very intuitive. All the tools are there that you need. And it's a great website. Start for free and uh, let them know that we sent you. And they might give you a discount. I don't know. Who knows? So the good people. They're good good people. Good people. So shout out to Wix.com for sponsoring us. And now back to the podcast. Thanks, Wix. And we're back. And boy, do we have a crazy episode to get to today. In fact, Austin, if you recall, we were discussing just a few minutes ago that we actually had a totally different topic planned for this episode. Yeah, this wasn't what we were going to talk about today. And, and then it was just such an organic conversation, and it was so much intrigue. Right, and I, 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 I told David, I'm, I'm like, stop. we got, we got to say this for the show. We, 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 this has got to be our show tonight because I've got fresh thoughts on... So, so, so here, here's a story. So uh, this week I started watching uh, The Punisher on Netflix. Um, yeah. Now I was always uh, like like I loved the movie with with Thomas Jane, not Warzone. That doesn't count. Yeah, that uh, one wasn't wasn't great. But Pun- the, the Punisher that had Thomas Jane and John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta was in that movie as well. Yeah, you know, uh, and he wasn't a great he wasn't a great villain, but Thomas Jane did so good, so good. I I always I always thought that that was such a good movie, and so you know I was looking at that the other day. I was I was eating lunch. I'm like I, I want to watch something. So, you know, I, I, a guy I work with at The Punisher is a really good show. I started watching it, and I was instantly hooked. And so I've got these, these now all these thoughts in my head about, uh, you know, about, about origin stories and about, about TV shows versus movies. And uh, I'm really, I'm really, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts on origin stories and, and uh, talking about superhero TV shows and right. what, what works what doesn't work, what's good, what's bad, and see where it takes us. And that kind of sparked this conversation that we almost had uh, before we recorded it. And like you said, we had to stop ourselves and say, save it for the podcast, because it was it was a very organic uh, conversation that happened. And, and so what we're going to do, <clears throat> what we thought we would do tonight, we had, a, we had an episode planned for this tonight, today, whatever time of day you're listening to this, we had an a, a plan for the episode for today that we were going to do. We're going to still do that, but we're just going to push it off. Um, and that one we're excited about too, right? Cause it's automotive technology and where that is going to go. So, That'll be in so two weeks, tune in in a couple of weeks, we're going to have that episode anyway. But today we thought this was just such a great timing and such a, such a great topic. We thought that we would just kind of dive down the rabbit hole with you guys into the depths of origin stories. Origin stories across multiple platforms, whether they be video game, whether they be television, whether they be movies, whatever the case may be, origin stories are no foreign thing to anybody who loves a good story. There's always something that leads up to it. For example, you've got the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the origin story for that is the Hobbit, right. that was made in its own into its own trilogy. So you know, you've got <clears throat> you've got 
your Lord of the your got you got your uh, Indiana Jones stories. Almost all of those are origin stories uh, for each other, right? You know, and then they have the young Indiana Jones television series that was the origin story for that character. Bad origin. Story. It was a tr- it was a trash show, depending on who you ask. But it's an origin story, nonetheless. Yes, but which is how I feel about Gotham, right? Because like Batman, Batman's my favorite superhero. Like I love Batman. Like I've always thought that was such, that, that, that that story. And and I think that's why I like the Punisher so much is because I like that that dark, that gritty everyman gritty, kind right, of thing. Right, because, yeah. because Batman, you know, I mean, granted he's a billionaire, so that helps. But it was never about having powers. It was just this guy that had this immense, deep seated pain, and he was trying to overcome it. And he was right. overcoming it by by curing the the world of dangerous people. So. Uh, you know, I used to be a fan of the show Gotham, um, and I liked a lot of what they did until about the last two or three years. Like, you know, I was one of those where, where I'd watch it religiously. I'd, you know, you know, you know I watch it online. I would watch. I'd, I'd, watch, I'd watch all the episodes. And the Not last, like your grandfather. Oh my gosh! In law, man, which is hilarious to me. Hey, have, have you seen that that Gotham show? Have Something you would that, like? Have you seen the latest episode of Gotham? It's like, no, Grandpa, I've not seen. Gotham. So, and 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 I used to love it. That was great. But my problem with the origin story ideology in general, yeah, is when you take liberty with canon, right? If, if for those that know, can, canon is storyline. Canon is is that accepted as as truth, right? In the storyline, like the unbreakable threads that hold the story together, right? As you what know, canon is. Do you know like like Star Wars canon, you will get stabbed in an alleyway if you break canon for Star Wars, just for right. the record. And and um with the fanboys. Now there are examples of when canon was uh undone or at least was sidestepped for an alternate reality or an alternate parallel storyline. A perfect example of that when it did work was the new uh Star Trek trilogy that came out in many ways superior to the original in action and in production value but and and, in and really in following story. because because because, right. the, because the old star trek movies were very niche yeah to a and very these specific new ones audience. were done so well yeah, that, that they were really, appealing to the yeah. masses more but but i i think you see that with a lot of what i would call quote unquote nerd culture mm-hmm. which you know you know i always tell my class at church that i was a nerd before it was cool so i'm pretty proud of that yes but you know nowadays you know that nerd culture is what people enjoy you know and that really that, that probably started with like the matrix like the matrix was the first like nerdy movie that i can remember that people that was really got huge. into the culture of it yeah, yeah 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 but like you know when you have you know when you take liberty with canon mm-hmm. you know my issue with gotham has always been like you know some of the you know the the character storylines like you know you know victor freeze becoming mr freeze how that happened i i, I it just really bugs me yeah you know the riddler how he became the riddler or, you know you know how the penguin became the penguin i just i don't like a lot of the liberties they've taken with gotham mm-hmm. and i kind of it, it kind of grew old on me really quick yeah um and it was you know it's the same way that I feel about like like I used to enjoy the show Supernatural, yeah. Um, but it was just it was just it was literally it ended up being like the same thing every single week. Mm-hmm. Oh Very no, somebody game. yeah, somebody dies. Oh no, they're still alive. And <laughs> it's like they're like you know somebody. I bet it gets out of it. It's just the same thing over and over and over. And and you know we were talking earlier about do you prefer something to be episodic or do you prefer it to be a season long arc? Yeah, and here's the thing with me, and, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, not at length, saving it for the podcast, but my deal is the older I get, the more I find that I enjoy 
the episodic nature of things, and it's not necessarily because I don't like like Law and Order. Eh, not a great, <laughs> not a great fan of that show, but it's not because I don't like a nice, well developed arcing storyline. But it's because of convenience and laziness, really, because I don't necessarily want to have to invest for ten to twenty seven episodes to really get the full story. I want to be able to get a well rounded story every every week if I decide to watch it that way or every episode. Um, but I'm also at the same time I do like the idea of plot threads that continue. For example, here's a perfect example of a show that was great week to week, but also had this overarching narrative Please that really Chuck. set it up. I'm, this is actually going to surprise you. This is this, this is way out of left field. That you're I was thinking Chuck, but go ahead. Continue. I mean, Chuck is a good one, but what I'm actually thinking of is uh, Mystery Incorporated. The It's an animated Scooby-Doo kids cartoon, but every episode is i mean it's actually it was actually pretty intense too it was very good uh but what was cool about it was it was just like every other scooby-doo cartoon which i'm a huge fan of scooby-doo uh it was just like every other scooby-doo cartoon where it's like you have this mystery they solve it and by the end they're pulling a mask off of a dude and he's like well if it wasn't for these meddling kids i would have got away with it that kind of stereotypical episodic story but at the same time there were elements of it that were arcing and they actually had this this parallel thread right. that went through all whatever 15 or 20 episodes per season and i like that but i don't necessarily like the the idea of um for example here's another good example of what i what i don't like and i did get into it and i did go almost the entire series before i gave up on it and that was lost lost was a massive pop culture phenomenon Whenever it came out, right, it was huge. Had a massive. Following. I wanted to like Lost. It was incredible. And I got in too late. Yeah, you had to start at the beginning, but it was incredibly well written, well performed. It had all this mystery and intrigue, and there was all this huge cultural following behind it, trying to like suss out like what was actually happening, what if they were seeing, what they were seeing, whether it was real or not, and all this other stuff. And I was, man, I was in. I was totally in. I loved every minute of it. Right. The problem was that what ended up happening, and this may not necessarily have been, um, this probably wasn't what killed it for me, but what ended up happening was I caught up to everything and I was watching them as they released and my life got too busy and I couldn't pick up where right. I left off. But now I don't remember what was happening or where I ended up leaving off what episode in the fifth season that I stopped watching or whatever. And so if I were to go back, I wouldn't know where to begin. And I'd have to start all over again. And I'd have to start all over again at the bottom, the episode one of like 180 episodes. And I'm not ready to commit myself to an hour long episode 180 times in a row. And that's where my episodic storytelling thing comes in. And I don't blame you on that. But I mean, to me, you know, it's like, like, you know, I'll watch like, you know, an episode or maybe part of an episode over lunch. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, you know, I've, I always joke about, you know, when I go to bed, because when I go to bed, oh, I go to bed when my child goes to bed and my mm-hmm. wife goes to bed. Um, which, yeah, we've, we've cracked jokes about that before. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> there's there, there's a comedian that says it's like it's like it's like Wreckers Island where it's just like oh lights out at eight all right you know so you know I lay in bed and I watch I watch Netflix that's my time to watch yeah. Netflix. Um, but I've always said that that you know for me it, it, for me it's hard to beat a good TV show. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good movie, mm. but it's two hours and it's over. Yeah. Typically two hours and it's over. And it takes a long time to produce that out. So right. you're talking, for example, I'm a big fan of the Maze Runner series. Mm-hmm. Those are all three great films. And I just finished reading the first book. Quick plug. Also very good book. Give it a read. Listeners, well, not you. I don't know. You don't know how to read. Anyway. So, but no, the Maze Runner trilogy was a great film series based off of a great book series. Right. But it took them 10 years to finish all three movies just because of various production halts. And one of the actors ended up getting almost mortally wounded and, you know, different things like that, that happened that kind of halted production. So that I get that I I get the, I get the desire for a TV show because of it's a lot quicker production and with modern technology, they're becoming closer to movie quality production. Right. um, But they're quicker release. They are, more there's more content to go through i mean a single series of a tv show is going to be anywhere from 10 to 24 episodes depending on what you depending on which show it could be as little as eight or as many as 27 but you know anywhere from from eight to 27 episodes and you're looking at almost 10 times as much story and acting and visual masterpiece as you would get from a movie so I get that. I do, for real. I, I always I always laugh about being a kid when I found out what a season finale was and I couldn't figure out like when I was like younger, like watching a show like you know, I watched like the adventures of Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Not Lewis like Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. And I'd be like, Well this, this was on I've already seen this episode and I didn't comprehend how that worked. But uh you know you By know By the way, Lois and Clark, one of our listeners' favorite T V shows of all time, uh Kristen. Was it, is it she really? told me the other day I was talking to her and she told me Kristen. that that she's a huge we'll fan of I'm Lois and Clark. So I, 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 you know, I think about right now, some of the biggest shows right now are superhero esque shows or some of the shows that are built up to be mm-hmm. the biggest. You know, you know, you know. I think about you know when Supergirl came out. That was that was a huge initial initial that's kind of died off but that was pushed to be a very big huge success mm-hmm. uh agents of shield i've which i've never seen but people say it's a very very well done show i've i've seen a few um, episodes it the production quality is good but again it suffers from the in my opinion the woes of every television show right. which is slow pacing right because you have so much more time to invest in it as a producer um which, you end up you end up being really laborious, right? With, which is one of my biggest qualms. You end up being really laborious with the actual, correct? The, but the that, details. But that's also why the shows like on Netflix work so well, right? Because they're typically thirteen or less episodes. You know, you've got you've got Daredevil, which you say is amazing. You've got mm-hmm. Luke Cage, mm-hmm. uh, Iron. Fist. Iron Fist, yeah. uh, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, The and, Punisher. Well, and several others that are outside of that Marvel Universe, right. for example, Stranger Things, which is a massive pop culture phenomenon huge. still. Huge, Which they're, be, be, they're, they're getting close July, to right? release. July? Yeah, I think it's either June or July. They're July, releasing it's, it's season it's three. July, yeah. Super pumped about it. We're yeah. going to have a watch party. Yeah, we are. It, it, but, but like I said, that's, that's you know, these... You know, these shows on Netflix are so big right now because you can make them very, very good quality. Yeah. And there are shorter seasons. And so you get that feel, you know, you know, you know, you get the high production value and you get, you know, Netflix is just, just giving out money left and right. They're giving away money they don't have right now for show <laughs> rights and to make show and make products. The, the only thing, like, my biggest knock on Netflix, and this is off topic, sure. is their movies are garbage. I don't know that I've seen a movie Netflix has done. Yeah. That it was great. Bird Box was not a good movie. Well, here's the thing with Netflix that plagues them when it comes to any of their original content. And this is a little bit of a sidestep from our topic. But 
their movies and their shows are almost always super high production value. Right. And you can't complain like about bright. the visual. Like, like how much did it cost to make Bright? Do you remember Bright? Yeah. It was Will Smith? I actually kind of liked it, but... It I thought parts of it, 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 was, it, was, it was good. It kept my attention, but, but mm-hmm. I, I fell asleep one night. Like, well, like I watched part of it, and the I production value, it Like I said, the production value was excellent. The acting and the actors that they hired for the film, very, very good. It's their writing that suffers. Right. Because Bright was an excellent story, except that... They just didn't resolve anything. Like right. it built up and it built up and it built up, and then you're like, okay, and then it was over, right? And that's kind of the thing that plagues them. Beyond that, they also feel because they're a subscription service and they can get away with whatever they want. They also feel like they have to they have to fill every original material that they right. do with as much profanity and as much explicit content as they possibly right. can, which. Not all of them suffer from that. Like the Troll Hunters animated series that they did was actually really, really, really good, except that they had to replace the actor for season two because he died. But it was a great show, and that one didn't have as didn't nearly the in, inappropriate content. But they tend to have struggles with that. They they, they do, and, and you know, you know, I'm you know, people that know me know that I'm pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. You know, I will. I will caution to say that yes, the Punisher does have some some language issues. Yes, uh, it's a little. It, it, some of the scenes can be a little bit, a uh, little bit gruesome, mm. um, but it, it's true to story. You know, and that's one thing that that that, that you know. I I think that for me, I guess when you know when I look at superhero stuff. I, I always look at the comic books. And, yeah. you, know, you know, I was a big comic book guy. Look, look to the source material. And the source material was not this PG, bright and cheery kind of world. I mean, mm-hmm. it was rough. Yeah, Especially the, the Punisher. And, and, and you know, you know if, you've, if you've read any of Frank Miller's Batman stuff. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. talk, you, you, well, you don't talk about dark. Frank Miller's well, going to yeah, be dark. Right. But, but I mean, you know, you know a, lot of, a lot of the Batman storylines were dark. They were never, you know, you know, they were, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got posters in my, in my uh, in my garage and in my office that are, I'm oh, sorry. Tell my daughter good night. <laughs> night, sweetheart. Uh, I've got uh, you know I've We're got leave I've that got, in. Now you're good. <laughs> I've got I've got I've got this poster in my garage. It's, it's a frame poster that it's not a, it, it, it was it was my old office at my old house, um, but it, it's it's an old Batman uh, comic book cover with the Joker on there. Yeah, and even even then it was it was it was, it was from the 80s. Yeah, and even that one was dark and grisly. Right, you know, so this horse, you know, this horse material was never bright and shiny. It was always dark, and that's why I think Netflix is a great place for something like The Punisher, something like Daredevil, mm-hmm. where these storylines were gritty. Yeah, and, and they can make them that way right. without any kind of and, restrictions. You know, it, because because you know, The Punisher was really. It, it was that that came out came what what two thousand three the movie the original yeah, I think it might movie. have been earlier than that it might have been two thousand one I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we're talking um, but I you know I sit there and uh, oh my two thousand four I think I sit there yeah, that it, sounds it, right two thousand four so that came out two thousand four uh, and the, the the reviews were terrible you know it got twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes two out of four stars from Roger Ebert. But who cares about Ebert? according to this Google users, 90% like this movie. The Punisher was good. It was right? great. There weren't a lot of, 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 super, of superhero movies coming out in 2004. Mm-hmm. There weren't a ton. I, I think that was kind of the beginning of, hey, this could work. You that know? was right in the midst of the massive successes of the first original X-Men trilogy. Right. Right at that time period. And it was just before they started working on the MCU. 
Right. Because it wasn't the Punisher's Marvel, right? Yes. And X-Men are also Marvel. And that was Punisher one as well. Right. Those properties but, but, that they had right, sold Right. But X-Men off. was owned by Sony, right? Uh, Didn't Fox. Sony have that? Well, Fox, Fox. Had, yeah, yeah, Fox had it. You're right. Sony has uh, Spider-Man. But like I said, so, so you've got this movie. This was really like, like the, it, was, it was the first one that was really big. Yeah, that I think was a commercial success. Granted, John Travolta's character wasn't great. But yeah, that was probably the reason why it didn't get as good a review. It had it had Big Daddy Diesel, and Kevin Nash. For those that didn't watch '90s pro wrestling, was in it. He was the I don't know the striped shirt. I don't I don't know what the right terminology is for that guy. But the Punisher was the first kind of gritty superhero movie. You know, it was always kind of fun, and and you know the X Men. Movies were great. I liked all the X Men movies. I, mm-hmm. I, I've not seen a bad one yet. I did think um, it was interesting, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if you caught this, but the hold on, let me pull this up for a second. The actual the actress, there was an actress that carried over in the Marvel universe between two separate plot threads. That I don't think anybody realized this, um, but it was Rebecca Romaine. Also, mm-hmm. she played Joan in the Punisher. She was also. Uh, in Mystique yep. in the X-Men, all three of them. Rebecca Romaine, uh, when I saw her uh, before I was, of course, with my wife, married to my wife, <laughs> she was the runner-up. Um, now, the Punisher... <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm not... I'm, I, I'm fully aware of the Punisher that came out in 89. I, I understand that. There was one in 89? There was. It was Dolph Lundgren was the Punisher oh. back in the day. Yeah. It, it oh, doesn't Dolph. really count. It, 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 it really doesn't count because there was also a Captain America movie back then, and it was garbage. That's also fair with his little wings on his helmet. But the question is, is, is when it comes to... The, the, the question posed at the beginning of the episode was, when it comes to an origin story, Yeah. okay, what do you what do you look for? Do you look for... The movie origin story, or do you look for the the series episodic where it can be spaced out and it can be told longer? So there's a there's a couple of things that I want to that I want to point out here when it comes to the dichotomy between a, a film origin story versus a television series origin story. And I'll I'll draw a couple of parallels here because I think this is important to note. Um, first of all, you've got um, let's just take a look at this the origin story of Batman. Right, we've had over the last two decades, right? Don't get me we've, started. We've had at least four iterations of Batman's or Bruce Wayne's origin story, right? Um, let's make that, let's just say, yeah, let's just say four because I'm not 100% sure on the number we had in the movies, but it's almost every single movie where they switch an actor. They have to, whatever the director is thinking, they, he has to redo that origin story like we've forgotten. Right. And they waste a 10-minute block of the movie on a storyline that we already know, and they're not expounding on it. They're not doing anything different. They're just reiterating it and showing a different little kid being traumatized by a different character. Right. right? And then you've got the... And usually it's about a 5- or 10-minute block. Sometimes, like, I think it was the Batman v Superman... They actually showed it uh, in kind of snippets throughout the movie, so it was mm-hmm. kind of broken up, right. which was a, a little bit more of a creative way of bringing that through. But again, we already knew the story. We didn't really need that. Uh, and then you look at the contrast to that, the complete opposite end of that from Gotham. Gotham is almost exclusively an origin story about Batman. In fact, the entire series is currently culminating at what? Season five? Five. Season five. five. It's culminating at Batman finally taking place. 
but, five but, seasons in, and right, now he's right. just now become Batman. But that's the problem with the origin story, though, is because in Batman Begins, you see the origin story as Bruce Wayne in his, what, late 20s, early 30s? Yeah, well, there's lots of the anachronisms shift. when it comes to... You see, you know, you see in the 89 Batman, you see Batman becoming Batman again, 20s or 30s, probably, mm-hmm. with Bruce Wayne. In this, I'm, I'm, I'm to believe that a 15-year-old kid... Is going, it's going to, around gallivanting around yeah. as a and, and and that's my issue with the show. That, that was my issue all along was that this is an origin story of Gotham, and you're going to have Batman make his appearance. But it's like you can't you can't realistically have have a situation where any any reasonable viewer is going to be like, oh yeah, I believe that kid could kick some booty. What well, can happen? The issue that I take with it, uh, and I'm going to draw another parallel out that's a similar similar problem. The issue that I take with it, the primary issue, is the the pacing, right? The pacing of the origin stories that we have seen, it's quick enough because we already know it from the comics or we already know it from the lore, but whenever you look at the pacing of the film version of the origin story, you've got his entire origin story from basically he's this little innocent kid and he's walking down the street with his parents and then all of a sudden somebody bump pops around the corner and shoots them both in front of him and for whatever reason they left him alive, which was foolish. Everybody that has any idea about criminal rules you don't leave anybody behind that can id you stupid anyway but they they show that whole thing and they show it in a couple of minutes or maybe 10 at the most but the problem that i have with the television uh iteration beyond the severe anachronisms between the character's development and the liberties that are taken with other characters and their backstories the problem i have is the pacing because for example just like I mentioned just a second ago, you've got the Gotham narrative, the storyline. It's taken five whole seasons of, what, 20 episodes per season? Probably. A hundred episodes. You're talking a hundred hours of content, of storytelling, just to before, just to get you to the point where Batman is a character. Right. And that's frustrating. Right. Another example of that, moving away from Batman, Superman. Mm-hmm. Right? We've seen Superman's origin story, what, at least at least three times on film. Right. You've got the Christopher Reeves origin story. You've got the uh, Man of Steel origin story. You've got the um, return, uh, Superman Returns origin story with um, Brandon... Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, Roth. Brandon, was, Brandon, yeah. was Brandon Roth? Was Brandon Roth? Brandon... Right. Yeah, I, I, you know, Ralph. Ralph. R-O-U-T-H. Brandon Ralph. Oh, I think. That was that was garbage. I actually really liked it, but that's a totally different topic. I remember watching that. I was sitting there... In the theater, and I had to go to the bathroom. When did that come out? What, like, 06? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I was sitting there watching it, and, like, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And I'm like, if I get up, it might get good. And, and it didn't. I don't want to get it. It never got good. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't wasn't, uh, wasn't Kevin Spacey yeah, Lex Luthor? Yeah, Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor. Ah, the no, guy that... Better Brenner than Jesse Ralph, Eisenberg. Brennan Routh was a great Superman Clark Kent... Um, Kevin Spacey was a great Lex Luthor. It was just the writing right, and the fact terrible. that they were trying to piggyback that off of the Christopher Reeve storyline. So bad. It was just a bad decision. So bad. But, but so you're looking at three individual uh, storytellers, three individual different tellings of the same origin story. None of them were more than about five minutes, right? right. In fact, in Men of Steel, again, uh, Zack Snyder decided it would be a better option to break the, the origin story up into multiple flashbacks throughout the Zach first Snyder's, half of the movie. That's, that's, that's like Zack Snyder's key. Like yeah, that's Michael Bay blows things up. Zack Snyder breaks up uh, origin stories about the movies. Well, then you've got 
the 2006, I think it was, whenever it started, television series Smallville, which was an extended, a super long, extended origin story of Superman going through his high school years, through his college years, when he gets his job at the Daily Planet, as he learns all of his abilities. And the problem that I always had with that series, I enjoyed it. I did watch it all the way through season seven, but it went nine seasons and he never wore the cape. Nine seasons, they never called him Superman. Nine seasons, he never even flew. He only ever used laser vision twice in the ninth season. Right. And we're talking we're talking 24 episodes. This is back in the day when a full season, doc, our docket was 24 episodes. So we're talking about 24 times nine. Let me do a quick calculation for you because I want you to know just how much that was. 24 times nine seasons. We're talking 216 episodes mm, nope. times uh, 45 minutes equals 9,720 minutes divided by the number of minutes in an hour, 162 hours of backstory that took, it took that long for him to even get to the point where he could even be Superman. Exactly. And I'm just thinking about it and I'm just like, that's too much. No, exactly. That's taken a five minutes window that movies have overproduced and overdone time and time again and just blowing it way out of proportion. And that's my main qualm with there's, it just seems like there's no happy medium when it comes to origin stories. It's either too short too and long. too, and too overdone or it's exasperatingly too long and just, right. just exhausted. There, there, there have been 44 different origin movies for superheroes. I mean, ranging from the Powerpuff Girls, Technically, it's a superhero movie, all the way to. What well, do you know? Do you know what the highest grossing superhero movie was for for for, for an origin story? What Wonder Woman? Which one? The newest. The one? The newest one. Yeah, the newest one. One that matters. Well, that one's excellent. Have you seen it? I have. Did you not like it? So I I am I used to be a huge Chris Pine fan. Yeah. Like I really I, like I like him as, as in, in Star Trek. I like him a lot in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But I've got like Pine fatigue. Mm-hmm. Pine fatigue. And I feel like if I see him in one more stinking movie or TV show, I'm going to lose. He has like three things on Netflix right now. Like, I don't have time for Chris Pine. Yeah, he is getting a little. Give me some more Zachary Quinto. Or Quinto? Zachary Quinto? Quinto? Is he the guy that played Spock? Yeah, he was. He was, uh, he was he also was, Siler in Heroes. Yeah, I, and he I, did I, became, I became a a Zachary Quinto fan yeah. from Heroes. I liked him in Heroes. He did fair as Spock, but I don't particularly like him as an actor. I don't think he's that good. I think, I mean, he does, he did a really good villain. Wrong. I just think that he, he's just limited. He's got a very Nicholas Cage esque feel about him where he feels kind of the same in every role that I've seen him in, which so has wrong. only been the two, but, um, but no, I, I agree. I, I, I'm a fan of when we're talking about, uh, characters that played kind of a superhero role he did a little bit of, I'll explain in a minute, but also we're in other, in other shows. Uh, Carl Urban. Carl <gasps> Urban has played several kind of superhero-esque yeah. sh- uh, roles. For example, he played in Doom, which was a lot of fun. Kind it, of, was, it was very trite at the okay. end, but it was, it was I, a lot actually, of fun. Actually, I loved the end was the best part with the, with, with, the first-person first shooter, person shooter bit. I, I didn't like that part. Because you're an idiot. I liked the rest of the movie. <laughs> you, probably, you, pro- you probably also like third-person third games, you doofus. I do. I like to see my character acting. No. 
I wanted I, all I want is my screen with my crosshair. It's like a man. Could you imagine how this is my rifle? This is my how <laughs> awful like Spider Man would be as a first person game. You can't you can't do that. Why couldn't you? Unless it's VR, which Ooh. listen up, Sony. <laughs> could you could you imagine that would be dope? Have you seen the old ladies like doing the VR and they're like ah, and they think they're like like they're on the roller coaster and they're it's funny because yeah. they're old. Have you seen the one where the <laughs> people are like wearing the VR and then they walk off of the like I saw one of a kid and he was doing a tightrope thing, kind of like the guy that did tightrope between the two twin towers. And then he loses his balance and he falls and you see him literally like smash his face into the floor. It's hilarious. Anyway, but yeah, no, I I could, uh, I could use a little more Carl Urban. He doesn't get quite enough, uh, big roles. I think he gets plenty. I I think he's great. I think he's, I think he gets plenty. I think he's fine. You're not a fan of the, of Carl. I think Carl Urban's fine. I just, I feel like, I think that there are a lot of, there, there are a lot of actors that I think that we disagree on. Like I detest Matt Damon. I'm not a fan of Matt Damon either. No, you're not. No, well, I think we agree on that. That's great. Yeah. It's good to know. I do like I do like Carl, and I think Carl uh, is a little bit undervalued, and I think that um, RDJ is a little overvalued. R- RDJ is not. First of all, how dare you? Listen, RDJ is the perfect Iron Man, but they there were there are. Listen, they gave the wrong role. They they assigned the wrong roles to the wrong actors when it came to 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 uh, Sherlock Holmes. Jude Law would have made a much better Sherlock. I don't disagree with that, but they're, but they're playing off Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, they're playing off the success of Iron Man and I get that, but Jude Law, you take the hot actor while you can. Jude Law, even, Jude Law is another one of those. would have made a, would have made a Jude better Law Sherlock. Is, is another one of those actors that as he's gotten older, he's taken from garbage movies. Yeah. What was the last good thing not, that Jude Law was in? What was that movie like the re, 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 what was that movie that just came out like a year ago that really flopped like that Mordecai or whatever it was? That's awful. That wasn't Jude Law. That was Johnny Depp. Same thing. Wow. Sorry, Jude. What was hey, that? The, the, what, was, what, was, what was Jude Law? In? What am I thinking? Of? I'm, I'm thinking Don't of a movie that came afraid. out uh, this past year. Austin's opinion of your acting career is trash. It's not trash. Listen, Jude, we know you're listening to this podcast, and that song was for you. Anyway. I, I, I don't... I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of the last movie that I saw him in. I did like to tell him it's Ripley. That was a solid movie. He was in... Uh, what was that one where they were taking back body parts from people? Oh, uh... Um, Repo Man. Repo, Repo Man. Man. That was excellent. Good. Very graphic, but excellent very movie. graphic. Not recommended for anybody to watch, because it was a very violent graphic movie, but it was an excellent storyline. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I, I, I can't think of what I'm thinking of. Um, I don't. Know, I, I just he hasn't. Been, he's not much of an A list kind of guy. He's not, and and, and that's oh, what AI. He was an AI. That like was AI. an excellent movie because I don't like Spielberg. We we discussed this. That's a fair point. I'm Spielberg, not. I'm not a Spielberg Spiel, person. We are. That's one thing we are very divided. We are on. very divided on, on 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 your infatuation and my hatred of. Steven I'm not. A, I wouldn't say I'm infatuated, but I understand. I think you are. Um. So anyway, it gets back to our topic because we've derailed severely. Really bad. Um. Origin stories. So there's a big difference between origin stories when it comes to television versus movies. And I think my opinion on it is that, you know, if you're going to do an origin story, do it right. Do, for example, do one of the things. Well, here's an example, right? What, what's all right, all right, all right, let's, for an example, give what is the best origin story that you've seen? The best origin story overall, I would say, I think the best origin story it's hard to say because there are so many, right? right. 
Uh, like we talked a little bit about this at the at the head of this podcast. One of my favorites, and this is going to be controversial to anybody who listens to, or likes this property, but one of my favorites is the origin story of the Ring of Power through the Lord of the Rings franchise, mm-hmm. right? So you actually do have a snippet of the origin origin of it, where it was created in the story about where it, how it got to the hands of the character that then transmitted it onto the next person who's the main character of the first original Thank you for not spoiling this for me. I'm, I'm going back to, to watch all these movies. You're watching them, them from, my, from my account, right? So you're yes, watching the five the, and a half the, hour yeah. long versions? Yeah. I, I, now, so I, we, we did this before that I've never really seen all these movies. Yeah. So I'm trying to do my due diligence to watch them. They're but David, so only, David only has the extended director's cut. That's the only one's worth watching. Four and a half hours long. The first one is four hours, just under four hours. The second is right at four hours. The third one is four and a half hours long. You're talking a solid 12 and a half hours I think of Lord of the Rings. To watch these. And that's just for that trilogy. Yeah. It's not including the, the prequel trilogy on The Hobbit. And that's what I'm talking about, right? Because So you've got a little bit of this opening narrative in the first one that kind of shares a little bit of the story of where the ring came from and its creation mm-hmm. and how it got into the hands of the uh, one of the main protagonists that ends up passing it on to his nephew and then the story begins, right? But And that's cool. And that was a good... 10, 12 minutes of story, right? Maybe longer in the, in the extended editions of story of backstory. That was an excellent use of time. And Peter Jackson is just a, just a wonderful storyteller in that regard. Right. And then you've got where they actually took that story, the story of, and it wasn't really, I guess it was the origin story of Bilbo, which is the, the uncle of the main character of the original trilogy. Then you get this entire trilogy on him. Now, right. Pete, uh, and much to the chagrin of many of the fans of the of the properties, um, he took several liberties with the Hobbit trilogy. None of which altered the storyline in any way. They did develop out characters that were never really there, or create or developed out story characters that were not primary, and added characters that were never there, and in love interest between characters that didn't exist in order to capitalize on the gains right. and to make it into a trilogy. And so on and so forth, and I can't fault him for that because it was a big success. Those movies were were very well received and made them tons of money. Um, but thing is, I thought that was an excellent, excellent story, excellent origin story. Mm-hmm. Probably, in my opinion, one of the finest um, versions of it because they already give given a good twenty minutes, maybe even up, up to a half hour worth of origin right. that falls before that prequel trilogy and then you got the prequel tri- trilogy and then you've got the remainder of the story and it picks right up from there and it's it's just excellently done i think personally off the top of my head that's one of the best now i will say even though it's not canon because they they went back and they actually did change details in the original timeline creating an alternate timeline i would say that the um jj abrams Star Trek trilogy that's yep. kind of spawned from those movies and that kind of direction. I would say those are excellent as well. Origin stories, but also um, though they are different. Yeah, I think yeah. I think for me, it's hard to beat. Like I think I think the, the Star Trek in the Darkness. When talking about, talking about Abrams Star Trek, films, one of the finest films I think so he's good. ever done. So good. But so for me, when it comes to origin, I my my best and worst are kind of almost the same. Because that Batman Begins, 
The way that that was done. Yeah, that was excellent. But but Christopher Nolan is a film genius. He, he's a master storyteller. He is, you know what you know you know whether you're whether you're looking at the Batman movies or Inception or even something as as old as like Memento. I recently watched Memento. It was phenomenal. It was yeah, so good. It was a good dark, one. twisted. Did he do the Machinist too? I don't remember because that was an excellent. excellent story. Machinist was great. Yeah. But so like like you know you know the way that Nolan did that. Origin story was phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. But my worst origin story <laughs> is along the same lines because, and I said it earlier, is it's Gotham yeah. because 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 they've taken these storylines that are as old as that you know you know you know that, that, that are Tale ages as old. old as time. Mister Freeze was <laughs> sublime. So you know you know you know I. I, I quit watching. Sorry, listeners. I quit watching whenever they did Firefly and Mister Freeze. I'm just like I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. And the whole because, the because, whole plot thread that they threw in there with Barbara Gordon and all that. Joke, right. It's just, right. It's like oh she's crazy. It's like no 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 she's not crazy. Yeah. Barbara Gordon was a was a saint. How dare you? But I sit there and <laughs> I don't you talk about Barbara that way. Not my Barbara. You get your filthy mouth and That's quit talking about Barbara. Barb. But like I sit there and I have to watch these these. Sure. And and I'm fine with some creative liberty, but when you take 60 years of comics and 60 years of stories and you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take these all to the middle of this field. I'm going to shine them up real nice. I'm going to drop trow and take a big old dump over all the stories. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a problem. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what Gotham has done. What done Gotham has dumped on every single bit of Batman History, and I get it. This is not like, you yeah. know, some life or death thing. It's not really history, but it's history that I'm interested in. And, you know, and the thing is that's, uh, I think they were, because I think that was originally a CW show, if I remember correctly. Fox. Oh, has it always been Fox? Okay. Fox. So the thing that I think is interesting um, is that they were trying to do a similar thing with what Smallville did. Mm-hmm. Smallville uh, also did the same thing, and they definitely kind of took a proverbial dump on some of the storylines yes. and some of the characters and stuff, but they didn't do it nearly as bad no. as Gotham. No, Gotham was terrible. And it's almost forgivable the way that they did it and some of the things that they did because it was just a, just a well-done show. Right. Tom Welling was a great Clark Kent Superman. And in fact, whenever they first announced that they were rebooting the universe, the DC universe, and that they were going to create a new um, blockbuster feature film, we were me and my friends at the time were convinced that they were going to be rebooting that and actually tying the Smallville universe into it. They didn't. In fact, they didn't even tie it into the CW DC universe. It's completely standalone and completely forgotten. I I did like the Man of Steel origin story though. I did like, I did too. I thought that was really really well. There were several things about that that film that I didn't like, but overall, I I think I think I think people in general like to dump on the DCU because it was. I think I think in competition with right, and I I, I think said before that really it's more of a personal taste. Yeah, Marvel movies are a bit more light. Yep, and the DC movies are a bit dark. Now, now, now I will say this: um, while I had high hopes for uh, the Justice League movie. Mm. um, no parts of it. I mean, like, why Steppenwolf? 
I mean, like, really, like, why yeah. and, Steppenwolf? And ultimately... So, and the, many, so many better better villains to use. And the biggest and qualm, I think... Well, I think the biggest qualm with Steppenwolf wasn't even that he was the villain. It was that he wasn't nearly strong enough. No. Because Steppenwolf pretty much demolished just about everybody else. Right. But then they bring Superman back from the dead, and it's like, literally mm-hmm. like, okay, snap, and he's done. Yeah. Right. You know, he pulled a Thanos on that Steppenwolf. Yeah. He just and, literally and, snapped and, him and, out of existence. And, and, and that's about Like... I've ne- I've never hated that. I'm not much of a fan of Superman anyway. I think I I always said Superman was probably my least favorite superhero. He's a little bit of a cop out for the universe. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's like oh, he's the best at everything. But um, I, I actually really liked the film. But there are definite entries in that universe that are significantly yeah. better. Wonder Woman is a great example, mm-hmm. and I did get pr- the privilege of seeing a pre screening of. I haven't have I told you this. Mm-hmm. I got to see a pre screening of Aquaman. Oh, it stink. Fantastic. Good. Uh, speaking of speaking of, of superheroes, uh, you've seen Spider-Man: Far From Home trailer, right? I have. <sighs> looks really good. Mysterio looks great. Tony's definitely dead. I I did joke at work that I wish that the Mysterio would have come out in like a Rey Mysterio mask from like from pro wrestling, yeah. like a luchador mask, and just been like, what did he say? He was said like Arriba da Rasa. He's like, look at me in my stretchy pants. <laughs> but like, I always not I always, that not that that was not Libre. That was not Libre. You're right. Uh, but uh, no, uh, Spider-Man Far From looks really good. It does I mean, look great. It's really good. You know, and I've had I've heard some negative feedback. Not to di- diverge too much, but I've heard some negative feedback on uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as a as a villain. But I no, think no, no, I thought Mysterio was a good guy. I don't think he is. I think they're. I think he's going to be a Deadpool esque, like 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 a, like, like, a, like, a like an anti-hero, like a anti-hero. reluctant hero. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's what it's going to end up being. Um, but. I have heard some negative feedback about Jake Gyllenhaal, and I think I think Jake Gyllenhaal, in my opinion, like Leo DiCaprio and um, some of these other guys, that as they age, their roles take on significantly better acting chops. I think the same is the case for Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, but speaking of origin stories, going back to our primary topic, and I think wrapping it up well... A great origin story, and you may disagree with me on this, and if you do, that's uh, you're, you're okay to be wrong. A great origin story that has been overdone, um, pretty much done over again at least three times in big blockbuster, significantly well-received films, uh, is the origin story of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't see much of the origin of Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. We did see a couple of snippets of it, but I think the... I think the Tobey Maguire origin is the best. No. Um, but I think the Spider-Man Homecoming like casting and production is far superior than the right. rest. I will say this. Um, and I'm in the minority. Mm. I loved Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I thought he was great. Here's the thing. Here's my opinion. I think we talked about this before. I also liked uh, uh, Emma Stone as Mary Jane. Mm. As a whole, as a whole new discussion. Mm. She was uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy, whatever. Now here's here's my thoughts on all of the Peter just, Parkers just, just great. and Spider Man's Spider Man. Um, Tobey Maguire was by far the best Peter Parker. He had it in the bag, but Andrew Garfield was a far superior Spider Man. But. Tom Holland fits in there nicely in between and he does have, I do appreciate their treatment of that character Mm -hmm. and writing him into the universe at such a young age and having an actor that can 
can adequately act the age he's supposed to be because he actually is the age that they're writing him in there as, which I think is excellent. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man. He was a little bit too cool to be Peter Parker, though. His part, his Peter Parker was a little too cool. Andy Gar- Andrew Garfield, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. a little my, too My together. issue with, with Tobey Maguire was... But you're right. Spider-Man. Stone. Was Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 yeah. that... The, uh, the dancing scene. Yeah, the proverbial turret of the trilogy. I just, like, when I watch that, I'm just like, I don't know how anybody can watch this and think, like, you know, you, you know, you know, his great actor, Tobey Maguire. He's phenomenal. I, I, I had a problem with the way that it, Tobey Maguire was dancing in that movie down the street. Yeah. And he was like, winging the ladies, and they're like, oh, oh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Like, oh, I just, I just, I just turned it off. Like, I'm just like, I'm my biggest issue with. It didn't, it didn't work for me. I'm yeah, like, you no, know what? It, hey, it, yeah, it wasn't I, great. I'm going to get that like My Chemical Romance uh, hairdo <laughs> going on. It did remind me a little I'm bit. It did okay. create a bit of a parallel in my mind later on whenever I watched the Ron Burgundy Anchorman first one when he's yeah. in the in the jazz club and he pulls the flute out of his sleeve. But that was realistic. That was hilarious. Amazing. That's what that reminds me of right. now. And I just think of it as a comedic thing. I'll agree with that. But my primary issue with... with mcguire's spider-man is is actually in the first movie and it's when he gets every time he gets punched he squeals like a little girl Uh, 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 uh. it's just oh it's bad it's horrible what oh my wife just said can you guys find a stopping point to break so i can use the mixture to make cookies that's really loud (laughs) so i'm done officially because i'm getting cookies i think it's time i think it's cookie time cookie time Cookie time. Cookie time. <laughs>